so Heather and I have talked a long time about actually start like just for fun talk, not seriously, but we always like the, the imagination type thing. It was like, imagine if we started a school yeah. and we started with this premise of like teaching people, not necessarily the Pythagorean theorem or, um, you know, was Columbus a good guy or a bad guy, but literally like about these things yep. and what would that do? And also what we would do. And we, I think we've talked about this before, like what would we do for a school curriculum in total? But we also talked about like, um, what are taxes and mm -hmm. what is a mortgage and, um, you know, how do you like get, you know, ahead and, you know, what are, what are assets and liabilities? And if you start talking about those types of things, like how cool of a fun of a school would that be? Also with these five factors layered in. We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run, always chasing, never stopping. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Excellence podcast. Ben is currently <laughs> taking his sweatshirt off. I, I asked him if he was ready, and then he said yes, I, and then he took his sweatshirt off. Hold on. Uh, I, <laughs> the, not everyone watches this, Patrick. Most people just listen, so they would not have. Okay. Yeah. Well, now We're I good. can ask my question. Yes. Which now is, I'm ready. I'm now ready I can now. ask the, the question, which is, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. <laughs> good. All right. Today we're going to dive into a conversation, a subject um, that I'm kind of excited to hear your thoughts on. Uh, I had this idea. I'm sure somebody sent me a, um, a message or a question that got that kind of triggered this this question, but I thought it was uh, bigger or would be fun to kind of dive into in and of itself. And it's the idea of what would you if you were if you were given I don't know in what universe this would happen, but if you were given you know carte blanche huh. at a at a high school and they said Ben we love you we love what you're doing please come in and design our and fill in the blank maybe it's a phys ed program please come in and design our health program please come in and talk you know tell us what to do and we'll tell the and we'll make the kids do it and so I kind of wanted to just bro broadly just kind of present that to you and see where your mind would go. In a, you know, in this kind of scenario, like where would you begin thinking about, you know, Super let's just cool. say we're talking about sophomores, yeah. juniors, kind of that age age range. Where would you begin to kind of construct or design an effective health program for them? And there goes the headphones. Oh, uh, yeah. So the headphones are going to fall out probably three or four times during this episode. So we'll just kind of deal with it as as that happens. Okay. I have the tiniest little baby ears and these ear. Pods? Is that what they're called? Yeah, AirPods. They they're they're, they're made for giants. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, the question: Where would I start the construction of this health yeah, curriculum like, yeah, for high school age kids? All right. So here's the here's the overarching part of this: is I would lean. No surprise, anybody that's listening to this podcast, I would lean into the five factors. Mm. So that being um, how these students, um, how they eat, how they train, how they sleep, how they think, and how they connect with each other, their relationships essentially, and relationships not just with each other, but with other relationships in their in their lives. From there, what I would bring this is not, I would not do this at a textbook level mm. at all. I would do this at a real life level. I would have each of these students basically be their own laboratory. 
Mm-hmm. And that, so I'm just, I'm saying do experiment, experiments on them. I would do this much like we do in the gym. Our gym is essentially a laboratory where we try to create better human beings. Yep. And I would have each one of these students be their improvements throughout the semester would be their score. And I would, I would test them and I would mm. put scores this. It would not be a gym class. It would not be a health class. This would not be like, okay, let's learn about, you know, whether it's not a biology class. This would yep. not be, um, so I mean, that it's not like, let's play dodgeball. It's not that at all. The movements and the training would be a CrossFit class mm-hmm. for sure. Now, infinitely scalable and appropriate for each individual athlete for sure, but also measurable, observable, and repeatable data. After every workout, you get a score. And after every score, that score gets displayed to everybody on a, call it a leaderboard if you want to, whatever you want, but that's what I would do. This would not be the type of thing where it's like, oh, you know, if Johnny gets a D minus and we're gonna keep mm-hmm. it, it's not, and it's also not everyone gets a ribbon, it's not everyone gets an A minus because it's gym class. Mm-hmm. I would put the the numbers up there. Now, how I graded people from A to B might not be who's the fittest. It might be who makes the biggest gains or it might be based off of effort or it might be who could um, improve their 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 um, ability to maintain their lactic threshold or it could be a bunch of different other stuff. Yep. So that would be, the training aspect would be certainly CrossFit and it would yep. be constantly very functional moves from relative high intensity and measurable, observable, repeatable data. So we have, we're doing science at that point. The eating, I would, um, have them read the stuff that I have my athletes and my coach read, which are just like, no, like um, I would have them read stuff like by Rob Wolf and Michael Pollan and Mark Sisson. Um, I would have them listen to Chris Kresser um, and I would have them go into the resources that um, I believe espouse the right way to eat. Mm-hmm. And then I would have these athletes log and record their eating um, as they go through this. And I would use um, basically their own ability, their own discipline. Like we do this in school for math. How come we can't do it for health? Mm-hmm. Like you, you require people to learn something and then you test them on it. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing here. You're gonna, I'm gonna require you to learn how to eat in a healthy way. And then we're gonna test you on your ability to do that. And I would bring this into it. It wouldn't be hypothetical, it wouldn't be theoretical. You're not being tested on, tell me how many calories are in a gram of um, protein. What I wanna know is, what are you eating for protein? Mm -hmm. Are you going to McDonald's or are you having a grass-fed burger? Mm -hmm. Like, that matters to me. And I don't wanna get into like the whole, like, well, you can't afford it and stuff like that. Like we get, we'll, we'll, this is you, this is in a, you said, I don't know what universe this is and I don't yep. know what universe it is either. <laughs> um, okay. So that's the training. That's the eating for sleep. I would give everyone a whoop mm. and I would track their sleep. Um, with that, it also measures their stress levels, their HRV and resting heart rate. We can learn a lot. And all of a sudden, if little Johnny is having a hard time in school, it may be because little Johnny is staying up until 2.30 a.m. playing Minecraft yep. you know, um, with his buddies. And all of a sudden, we have that data and we can start to learn and start to figure things out together. Then from there, now we have um, training, eating, and sleeping. The next thing I would um, go into is um, mindset. Mm-hmm. And I would have, I would 
talk all about and I would have them practice and I have them read the right things. The first book I would have them read, the very first book before any of the nutrition things or anything else would be Mindset by Carol Dweck. Yep. And we would dive deep into what is a fixed mindset and what is a growth mindset. We would dive deep into how it's modal specific. You could have a growth mindset in academics, but a fixed mindset in athletics. And we would work everyone over towards the growth mindset across all paradigms and modalities. Then from there, we would learn um, about other things like grit and we would um, learn other things um, about um, mental fitness and overcoming obstacles and setting goals. And we would read, um, you know, obstacles the way, and we would read all these things that would set these guys up for success. In addition to that layered in, I would, I would layer in the seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey. This would be my health curriculum Mm -hmm. and it would not be specific to just like a gym class, the way that Mm -hmm. most people do health or maybe that's not, maybe that's PE physical education. Other people have yep. health and health is about like the reproductive organs. Yep. It's like, what the hell do like, like, yeah, I get that. We could learn that in a week and then let's move on to the things that are going to affect people for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. Most notably teach these people how to learn. Mm. Like that's, that's so massively important. So I might even call it health. I might even call it like, um, like life success 101. And yes, these five factors fall into life success 101. Um, and the last one being connections. And that's where we're going to learn about, um, not only what is emotional, um, you know, IQ with the EQ, not only what is people smarts, but what creates fulfillment, what creates happiness, Mm. what is happiness, what is fulfillment, what is Maslow's hierarchy of needs? What does it mean to find belonging? What does it mean to find self, um, you know, actualization? What does it mean to um, satisfy these needs and look for the next, um, And I would dig hard into all of those aspects. And then you kind of realize how important these relationships are, what people can do to have better relationships and what to do when they struggle with certain relationships. And to me, that would be the five pillars I would layer into what would be a requirement, what should be a requirement in a quote unquote health class inside of high school. And really, I'd like to start this even earlier and probably in um, with certain aspects in middle school and for certain aspects, even in elementary school, probably more of the physical side in elementary mm-hmm. school, but loosely tied to, and you know, we're lucky enough that our, our, our young kids go to um, public schools, you know, kindergarten and first grade and our public school is phenomenal with growth mindset. Mm-hmm. They are so, they, they, they love when the kids make mistakes. It's not a matter of being smart or being dumb. It's about trying. That's so phenomenal. And they say like, oh, the kid's like, I'm not good at math. And like, maybe you're not good at math yet, but mm-hmm. you're working hard. And if you work, it's like they, the language that they use is so strong. So um, I think that, you know, we could, we could talk at nauseum about whether, you know, like, um, education reform as a whole, mm-hmm. but saying in that the the paradigm and that little um, this little world of health curriculum, um, I think that should be vastly expanded because to me health is not just understanding you know what a boner is. It's you know it's you know I think it's the first time we use the word boner on this podcast, but yeah, um, but but understanding what 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 is health and health yeah. is. They comprise of those five things. Actually, it's more than that. It also has to do with um, your habits and your vices. Mm-hmm. It also has to do with your genetics. It also has to do with your environment. So we can layer those things on as well because 
um, those just aren't as controllable. Um, you know, I'm starting to lean more and more into the environment one actually is more controllable than we give it credit for. But yeah. that's where I would start. That would be the that's hope that sets the stage for whatever else you're going to ask me. <laughs> well, I mean, the first one is why do you think you know? Obviously, the, your best guess. Um, why do you think a health program, a, a PE, a gym program, the ones that we went through and that kids are still going through, why do you think they're so different from what the ideas that you just laid out? Why, like, th- it feels like it literally, I know I set this up as an alternate universe, but it does feel like what you just set up is an alternate universe to the one that we right. all grew up in and the one that still kind of exists. Any guess, any idea, any sense of why there's such a gap between what you just described and what the reality at least seems to be? Yeah, because the, the policymakers that created it didn't know what health was. Mm. Period. I mean, that's it. So to the point where, and we don't need to go down the political rant about the medical community, yep. but the medical community is, does not know how to create health. Mm-hmm. They know how to, they're really, really good at curing sickness. Mm-hmm. That's what the medical community does, is they cure the sick through surgeries and medications. And thank God they do that. When someone is dying, they need a lifeguard to rescue them. Doctors and the medical community rescue people. What people need before they're drowning is a swim coach to teach them how not to drown. Mm. There's a difference between being a lifeguard and a swim coach. And we've confused that. Mm-hmm. We've gone like, okay, as long as these people are playing dodgeball twice a week, they're moving. Mm-hmm. And everything else is just because it's not a part of being a healthy human being. Mm-hmm. They haven't figured it out. Even the doctors, the doctors, the really good doctors. So it's what most, most doctors, if you come in with a symptom, they say, here's some medication to cure that symptom. The good doctors go, okay, here's your symptom. Let's figure out what's causing that symptom, right? And from there, let's try to figure out how to fix that. And usually it's through... Um, exercise and nutrition. They say you need to exercise more and eat better. That's how far we've gone in the medical side. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of unfortunate. It's a little bit of the trailblazing side. Now mm-hmm. there are functional medicine practitioners, a whole new field that's coming about that are actually really rooting the cause and doing a really good job. And they're seeing where this fits in inside of all of those factors. They're mm-hmm. not just saying like, here's medication. They're going like, tell me about your life. Tell me a, a day in the life of Patrick. You go through it and they're like, sounds to me like you're not sleeping. Mm-hmm. And they, oh, like, okay, yeah, I know I'm not sleeping. I'm a hard charger. Like I only sleep four hours a day. I've got, you know, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm going to, but I'm in Silicon Valley and I'm, I don't need to sleep is for the week. And they go, well, yeah, but that's, that's why you're here. That's mm-hmm. why you're sick. Like mm-hmm. we think it might be because, and the only now are we starting to come around to like, there's more of these factors associated with health and the policymakers in place, much like the policymakers that instituted the nutrition requirements through the 50s and 60s, who were so misled by Ansel Keys and the low-fat movement, were duped, were swayed, were um, you know they had the the cloth pulled over their face, and they're like, okay, let's let's put out a policy about you know everyone should have you know six to eleven servings of cereal and bagels and pasta, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and all of a sudden this little tiny problem where our president had a heart attack. They freaked out. Now it goes from this little tiny thing, heart disease, to the number one killer in America mm-hmm. because of the policy that they put in place. Mm-hmm. 
as I said, I wasn't going to go on a political rant. Here I go. <laughs> um, how do you how do you think again in the construction of this and in the execution of this idea, given given the audience for this, given that they're you know they're young, they're teenagers. They're, um, yep. They're, they're maybe even a little bit longer, uh, younger, as you mentioned. How or where do you start to talk to them about the value of these kinds of ideas, these kinds of practices, these kinds of habits, given that that's especially a time in our lives where we don't think we, you know, we think we're invincible. We think we're going to live forever. We feel great because we're 15 and everybody feels great at 15. Like, how do you start to talk to them about the importance of these things when these things are in a, in a, to a large degree, they're kind of investments in the future, in their own future. How do you get them to think about that as an investment such that when the pop tart comes in front of them, they're like, actually, you know what? I'm not, I'm not interested in that. Yeah. Uh, I I don't think you're gonna get through to them by talking about the future. Mm. Most 13, 14, 15 year olds could care less about what's going to happen to them when they're 50, 60 and 70. (laughs) Right. So you talk to them about now. Yep. Like now. Dude, like uh, even 15 and 16, 70 year olds want to look better. Yep. Like, so even 15, 16, 70 year olds want to be better on the baseball field. Yep. Even 15, 16, 70 year olds want to um, get better grades, have better mental acuity. They want to be, uh, exactly. So you put it in tangible things that they want to do right now. Mm, So it has to be, it has to be relative to their wants and needs. If it's esoteric, if it's too aloof, if it's too in the distant, especially as a teenager who their most important thing is what somebody just said about them on, on Instagram, like you're going to lose them. Yeah, so, so it's probably on TikTok now, just so you know. It's probably oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's spot on. I think that that's smart. Um, what do you think, where or where do you think that there is a parallel to these ideas that you're talking about? And let's just say a really good sports program, right? A really good baseball program at the school or a, a field hockey or a football, whatever. Do you think that, again, a really good sports program not to use a sport pun, but kind of tackles some of these things or even uh, are, is, is that too much to ask for from a football team or a, a basketball team or whatever? So if I was, if I was the coach of a high school basketball team and I did not talk to my athletes about sleep, mm. like I am leaving cards on the table. Yeah. If I am a basketball coach and I do not talk to them about their strength and conditioning, their training, like what am I doing? Like if I'm leaving this only to the transactional aspects of the X's and O's of the sport of basketball, I am so understating my role and responsibility as a coach and also my opportunity to improve their abilities as basketball players. I can affect them not only during the season, but for the rest of their lives in this leadership position I have. But not only that, by doing this, I'm going to maximize their ability within the confines of the court this season. Mm. So which of those things in those five factors, training, eating, sleeping, nutrition, um, sorry, um, um, their mindset, so mental toughness, we call it in sports, yep. Yep. and connection, we call it teamwork. Yep. Which of those five things would we want to leave off the table? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. If we're leaving any one of those off the table, we're potentially leaving 20% of the potential of this athletic team untapped. Mm-hmm. It seems irresponsible to me at best and um, hurtful, more likely, to not to not include those things. Mm. Do you think that 
you know, we've talked, we've talked to, but we've talked a fair amount about the new leadership at CrossFit, where their attention seems to go, where what they might become, what they might, what what Eric Rosa might want to lead towards. Do you think? Can you imagine? Can you know how or or what would you imagine? a role for CrossFit HQ in this kind of conversation? Like, do you imagine that CrossFit HQ will at some point say, okay, if we want to tackle, if we still, we want to continue to tackle, you know, metabolic disease, we want to, all this stuff, we've actually got to go upstream. We've got to get to middle schoolers and high schoolers. Do you imagine that this is an avenue or a place or a space that is ripe for them to come and say, here's the CrossFit health high school curriculum? And, Man, and, I, so, and work with schools and work with, with, with leaders at schools to actually implement that. So we've, so Heather and I have talked a long time about actually start like just for fun talk, not seriously, but we always like the, the imagination type thing. It was like, imagine if we started a school yeah. and we started with this premise of like teaching people, not necessarily the Pythagorean theorem or, um, you know, was Columbus a good guy or a bad guy, but literally like about these things yep. and what would that do? And also what we would do. And we, I think we've talked about this before, like what would we do for a school curriculum in total? But we also talked about like, um, what are taxes and mm-hmm. what is a mortgage and, um, you know, how do you like get, you know, ahead and, you know, what are, what are assets and liabilities? And if you start talking about those types of things, like how cool of a fun of a school would that be also yeah. with these five factors layered in? Yep. Yep. So that, that part of it is kind of fun to dream about. I think we're a long ways off from that. Um, I think that we're not so far away from is probably what you're alluding to is there are, schools right now, the first one happened in Massachusetts, St. John's, um, mm. that have CrossFit classes for credits. Yep. So that's kind of cool. Now, I think when they're doing those CrossFit classes for credits, I think, I don't know this, but my understanding is it's kind of like CrossFit in a gym. Mm-hmm. So it's really kind of like focused on the training aspect. I would really love for CrossFit to get more involved in the, the additional aspects of what we see as health. Mm-hmm. So to be talking about the nutrition, to be talking more about the quote unquote lifestyle factors, this talking about the the things that happen between your ears in terms of the mental adaptations and the approach we can bring to life. And if there's ever been a time for this to happen, a guy like Eric Rosa seems to be the guy that would um, kind of spearhead this thing. He's um, certainly all about the growth of the platform about mm-hmm. the brand. And he realizes that he needs to get, um, I shouldn't say needs to, he is excited um, from my understanding to get the younger crowd involved in this, as mm-hmm. you mentioned, like going upstream. Yep. Um, and that's really where you can start to instill these really good habits. The other thing which I'm pretty excited to see is we have, you know, the numbers are kind of fuzzy, but somewhere, you know, in the three to 5 million people doing CrossFit. Mm-hmm. They're going to raise a generation of kids. Yep. And that generation that they raise is going to be, you know, 10 to 20 million kids. And there's going to be more people that fall into this thing in the meantime. We could have a whole, the next generation, like, honestly, this could be, everyone talks about like the next, you know, millennials, like with like a wet towel type thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, the, um, first off, I think millennials are incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm not, I, I don't fall into that camp at all. 
um, the fact that they want people people blame them because they want to make impact. Like yeah. that's the that's like, that's wanna, the best thing. They want to have meaning in their life. Somebody, yes. Oh my! Like who are these kids that want meaning? <laughs> who are these kids that want impact? Like, what? <laughs> Where are these people that just want to sit behind a like yeah. be a be miserable like us? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, um, I, I totally lost my train of thought there. I get, uh, oh, the whole next generation of CrossFitters. Yeah. Um, like this could be like really like leapfrog. Not to get too bold and crazy out there, but like the human race could take a massive step forward. I'm not saying mm-hmm. CrossFitters are like the magic people in the world, mm-hmm. but in terms of um, the approach that they bring, um, yeah, this would be pretty powerful. You know, if yeah. we had all of a sudden, you know, if we have 10,000 people, 10 million people doing CrossFit in, um, you know, 10 years, well, when those people raise and we have the 50 million people, mm-hmm. wow, like, wow, mm. that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you and Heather want to start the five factors, you know, charter schools, let me know. I'll be yeah. there. I'm, I'm five factors Institute. Yeah, the Five Factors Institute. I'll be there. Um, All right, my friend. That was fun. Um, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you to everybody who uh, sends us questions um, like that one, uh, who leaves ratings and reviews. And we will be back next week for another episode of Chasing Excellence. You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time, thank you for listening.